Oh, I got his ass now. <laughs> My bottle got stretched a little bit. You have to be fast in the track. I'm, a, I'm about to light this shit up. Oh my god, we're back in studio. This feels so good. We got the one deuce deuce, Alex Tugas in studio. How's it going, Alex? Pretty good, man. I'm stoked to be on right now, chatting with y'all. Dude, how good is the sound quality, though? Insane. It's like We're like Joe Rogan right now. Dude, the distance <laughs> you guys have covered from like when you guys started, what, January? Miles, now? miles apart. We got James in Colombia, yeah. our uh, Colombian correspondent, James. How's it going, James? Yeah, I'm in the Colombia studio right now. Um, I think it might have cut out already, but we're, we're here. Um, we're going to catch up and see how Alex is doing after his crash in Papanau this year. Talk Saint Etienne, talk Columbia, talk off season, take some questions from the gallery, bunch of, bunch of other shit. It's right going to be good. We got a lot of, sh a lot of shit to talk about. I feel like today we always got a lot of stuff to talk about. Don't we? Um, thanks to ProGate Europe winning starts the great gate. The Frenchies had unbelievable gates, didn't they? Oh my goodness. Watching that. What is with those fun. dudes? <laughs> that place looks like it's fun to ride. Like. I know. I know. Um, James? One of the... Uh-oh. Oh, we cut out already. We lost him. <laughs> James? Well, that didn't take long. No, I didn't. Yeah, I'm here, but... You know... <laughs> Guys, I'm here, but Carlos's Wi-Fi sucks ass. Okay, go for it. Go for what? I can just talk about how uh, Carlos's Wi-Fi sucks. No, uh, I think... People should really know it doesn't suck. The other ad, dumbass. <laughs> That's what I was getting to, jack jerk off. Like you guys, you don't understand. Okay, this Wi-Fi might suck, but what doesn't suck is the timing and scoring systems by Motorshoots.com. Okay, I was lighting up sometimes in the backyard. If only I had Motorshoots.com to make that timing and scoring made easy. Well, you guys don't even know. So check out Motorshoots.com, guys. The kid sticks the landing. Oh, that might have been the sickest turnaround I've ever seen. That was hitting <laughs> the downs on a par five. Just that straight was unreal. I wasn't expecting that whatsoever. <laughs> you know, this is just what we do. You know, we're just big time players here. That was smooth. Did you have those moves at the after party? No, come on. You know all about the gringo shuffle. That's that's all I had going for me. Yeah, we're all about that's the gringo crazy. shuffle. <laughs> so, a girl. Yeah. I had. I did some. One year when I was in Columbia, Carlos's brother's friends were doing some filming for like tourism Medellin, and so. They had me go around Medellin throughout the day and film a video and stuff for Tourism Medellin. And the last thing, we went to a restaurant and they went up to a random girl at a table and was like, hey, can you teach us how to dance salsa? And then they videoed the girl teaching me how to dance salsa in like a salsa bar. I'm sure you could stick the landing on that though. You know, I, it's one of those things, you just got to go for it. Oh, I got no rhythm on I mean, the dance floor. How often are you going to find yourself in Colombia? Yeah. Right? Send it. Right? Imagine what she was thinking. Oh. Yeah. You know, good times. Good times. Um, how was Columbia, James? Well, uh, Columbia is great. I'll be honest with you. Carlos's Wi-Fi today is really shit in the bed here. Um, but I'm just hanging on by a thread. So it's been, you know, Columbia has been great though. Honestly, it's so much fun here. Like Carlos has been taking me around to do different things while we've been here. Um, the after party was fun after the race here. We went to uh, we went boating on a lake with his uh, I think it was his cousin, and we did some wake surfing, wakeboarding. Honestly, it's been so much fun. No, it's sick. The photos looked sick. Yeah, it, it's honestly been like a mini vacation, which I didn't plan it to be, but that's kind of what it's been. Which has actually been kind of I don't know, it's been a good change from home because we all know we live in Vancouver and it's rainy and cold all the time. So, what have you been doing in Columbia then? 
well, I've just been here training, really. And we'll get to it, you know, because Sylvan's been giving me shit for being here while there was a race and not racing it. I'm here to train, and that's what I've been doing. Just gymming here, getting outside, doing some track work here where uh, uh, I'm like home where we're stuck on the indoor on a small track and actually get the legs moving a little bit more. Um, so that's what we've been up to. Yeah. Anything crazy, nothing new from home, just a different environment, different scenery, and something just to keep things fresh. Have you ridden the track that the Worlds were on in 2016? The Mariana Speedway? The Alex Tuga Speedway? <laughs> yeah, the Alex Tuga Speedway, yeah. So we just went there today, and I hadn't ridden it, and I told them, like, guys, like, I want to ride the track. Like, I haven't ridden it. And they've been kind of, like, saying, like, it's not in great shape, whatever, just because the weather and whatnot. And they were 100% right. <laughs> yeah, I know. We went there today. It rains every day in the afternoon. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, like, like the track, like it's pretty soft. Bunch of areas, like there's a bunch of like water ruts everywhere. Um, it's pretty sketchy. So all we did was we were only able to ride basically the third and last straight, and then tried out the first straight, made, made only the first two jumps actually on the first straight, and it got dark and it was windy and it was like there was really sketchy ruts in some places. So basically, it was just like yeah, no, not gonna happen. And the annoying thing is they always have the tarps on. So when you go there, you got to take the tarps off before you ride and put it back on to the end, right? <laughs> Quick workout. We, I mean, we didn't have to this time, but I, I saw the tarps and I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, we always had to do that. It would take so, it would take like not so long, but it was a little bit annoying. I probably sound like an idiot right now. Um, who are the fastest times between you and Carlos <laughs> on his home Supercross Hill? Dude, what a jackass. So. Okay, so we just got in his brand new ProGate Europe setup up there. First of all, thing is bitching, let me tell you. It's fast. Um, it's fast. But holy crap, the dude, his little, because it's like, a, it's, it's a normal RAM, obviously, and it's just his little uh, janky two-man setup. <laughs> so that thing drops like a rocket. It oh, my God. Rocket. I didn't even, it was so fast, I didn't want to try to get used to it. No, you don't. Yeah, it's a rocket, though. Yeah. But no, it was good. I think he, I think we tied to the kink. Um, and I think he had me to the bottom of the hill by 0.1, I think. Yeah, he's fast. Uh, sorry, point zero. He's really, uh, we, we were battling. He's really quick on that hill. Yeah, he had me. It was funny that he did. Uh, we did it before racing on Saturday. So he raced. We did our gates in the morning here, and then he raced that race in, uh, in the evening on Saturday. So uh, tell us about the after party. How'd it go? You know, give us maybe a 30-minute <laughs> by 30-minute rundown. All right, let me give you the rundown here. All so right, let's you see. know this because you've been here. Show up to the after party. No, the ne never been to an after party there in my life. Never been to an after party in my life. <laughs> never party, do you? Never, never party. been to never heard of that. before. Never even been there. No. <laughs> so show up to the after party. Of course, like the only person who speaks English is Carlos and like a couple of the other BMXs. And we get there and everybody's already going wild, of course. And <laughs> I'm like, they not even really at the time. Like, I think we had... Um, What's the drink? You know the drink. Aguardiente. Oh my god. Oh, there we go. Oh, that okay, we stuff is that just like delicious water. Oh, we had way too much of that <laughs> one night. Yeah, we did. We had a lot of it in 2016 after the Worlds. <laughs> so had some of that at dinner. That hit me good, and then didn't <laughs> the after party was like probably like two hours later, so that wore off. Got there feeling very sober and wasn't stoked, so that had to be changed very quickly. So you had some and hydration. Then, so the first. Yeah, I had to be hydrated, basically. So after about 15 minutes of the hydration starting to kick in, then it started to get good, and then the party started to get really fun. Was it? Was there a lot of people there? 
Mm, there was a lot of people, but the place wasn't that big. So it was just like, it was just crammed like normal, like an after party place is. Everybody just grinding on everybody, you know, doing what BMXers do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you meet any uh, nice lady friends down there? Um, I wouldn't use the, the word meet because, I mean, I didn't get their name or wasn't able to speak to them, but, you know, I danced with a few people. <laughs> Adequate. You, you got to take in the culture when yeah. you're there. Experience it while you can. When you're, we don't get to be exotic people very often. So no. when oh, I felt like the exotic one, I fucking, I was all in taking advantage of that. You got it. Like, you're right. We don't, we're not the exotic guys, but when yeah. we go there, we're exotic. The solo gringo. I think we lost him. We yeah, we are. Oh, he's there. Yeah, no, no I'm back again. It's yep. just cutting in and out. If you guys, yeah. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, we're exotic there. It's like when they come up here, everyone would be like, "Oh my god, look at that girl." <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad the you're having fun down was, there, I, pal. Oh, well, thanks, buddy. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've had like two vacations now because this has been like a half training camp, half vacation. So I'm ready to get back home, back to work. When do you come home? Uh, I leave tomorrow actually, but I come home on the weekend. Dude, you're in trouble next time we play golf. Dude, you know what? First of all, F off. Okay. You are just, uh, just basically, I don't know. I don't know how to use the word, but you're becoming an assassin with the wedge. And how am I supposed to keep up in the golf scoring game? I can make a par from anywhere these days. But <laughs> <laughs> he's just waiting for that. Just putting him out of bounds, hitting one from the... <laughs> Now we can get her up and down the, uh, from anywhere. the old run to the PGA Tour? Oh, you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. Shot 82 yesterday. That's solid. Yeah. That's really solid. If anybody that knows golf, they know that's solid. No, no one cares right now because it's a BMX podcast. Everyone's like, shut up, Tori. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk Let's talk about someone who they actually care about. Alex, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. I'm pushing through the recovery, and I'm pretty proud of where I've been able to progress. And, yeah, I'm chipping one day at a time and getting back towards where I'll be able to get on the track again and stoked to ride again. I missed those sessions where, you know, you, James, myself, my little brother, Ryan, we would all just be at the track sessioning and pushing each other. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that again. So obviously everyone knows you got a, had a really bad crash in Papano this year after a savage hole shot. Oh, that was, um, yeah, that was sick. Um, so obviously I've got a lot of messages. I'm sure you've gotten a ton like people ask me a lot about you and stuff. So what exactly like with your injury and maybe get into the, however much you want to tell. Yeah. So I think a lot of people think that I just had a straight up concussion, but I had more of a severe head injury it, from what I've been told. My brain was bleeding in a couple spots. And so I was, there was about a week and a half. I don't remember anything. I was at one no point. No shit. Hey, nothing. Wow. Like straight up. Nothing. First thing I remember is just running laps of the hospital ward I was in, like in the ICU. And my dad being there, which was a bit weird. I had no clue where I was. We went outside at one point and saw a bunch of bikes. I was like, ah, we're in Holland. So what's the, what's the first thing you remember you said? Just running, <laughs> running laps, the hospital ward, like literally like it was, it felt like days of just doing laps, like yeah. countless laps and trying to break out. Apparently from what I've been told, I kept trying to like take my dad down, like beat him up and get past him so I couldn't run away out of the hospital. Yeah. That's obviously like he, not like your personality at all. No. Yeah. Like I was, he would have to stand at the door and like guard the door and I would come up and like try and push him away or knock him down and get out. I would be like always watching the door, watching the code. Cause it was like one of those doors with the code to get out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And then like, like vague memories of certain people coming to see me, like 
Niels kept coming to see me. Huge shout out to him. Merrill came too. Merrill, right? yeah. Merle, the team came and saw me. At one point, uh, Chris Westwood came. Like cool, yeah, yeah. It was. I really appreciate all the people that came in, and the whole team came in. Yeah, I like again. There's some of them I don't remember at all. Like straight up. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like it was weird because I went from like not knowing anything to I don't know. Like I don't remember at any point being told what happened, what injury I was dealing with, or what happened. But yeah, just being there, like oh. Went from not knowing to knowing everything. So what did they, when you had the original injury and obviously you had follow-ups and stuff, what did they tell you, like, um, what the injury was and the prognosis and all that kind of thing? Yeah, so I had a traumatic brain injury, a diffused axonal injury is what they were calling it, like, in more definition. And so, yeah, I flew, I spent a couple of weeks in the hospital over there in the Netherlands and then flew with a doctor back here to Canada and... How about that service? Oh, dude, <laughs> I didn't, they wouldn't even let me walk through the airport. Jeez. Like I was just, <laughs> that's uh, crazy. Yeah. That was a bit, it was yeah. a bit wild. Yeah. First class all the way home. That was, oh, hell yeah. Oh. oh, hell yeah. In the pod. You all know, of the oh, steak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I got home and the dark, I mean, it's like, I we kind of knew all along that it was a pretty severe injury and I had to take it pretty seriously, but the doctors made it clear to me that I have to go about the recovery the right way and be careful like if i was to have even even now if i was to have a simple crash doing anything riding down the road it wouldn't be good yeah, yeah so i i see the how relative that is to what what life means and i'm being careful with it and making sure i go about the recovery 100% so i can go back to doing what i what i'm extremely passionate about yeah, and you've uh, you've been working with Dr. Lupiger, the same concussion specialist that I worked with. How how's that been going? Yeah, so when I got back home, I felt like I felt pretty good. Obviously, I was cognitively a bit bit off, but vision was huge for me. My like yeah. my depth perception was gone. Like I'd be lo- I'd be sitting in front of my water bottle, and I could make it like if I focused on it, I could make it look like it was like a kilometer away. Like it it was straight off. So working with yeah Dr. Lupiger helped. It's allowed me to do all these different vision exercises and help see improvements there. And yeah, I'm starting to feel more and more like a normal human again, which is kind of rad. What are the, uh, what I've talked about the vision exercises I've done and I'm sure you've done some similar ones, but what are they like for people that don't know? Yeah. Like just trying to get your eyes to work in different manners very quickly. So yep. being able to change your focus and make it happen quick. So you're not sitting there like, especially with what we do on the track, like your eyes have got, you've got to be able to see everything all over the place and it happens quick. So making sure your eyes can react at that same rate and it, I can see it definitely helping even, even before times where my vision had let me down, like not being able to judge jump. It's like, man, I should have mm-hmm. been doing these vision exercises before. Yeah. 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 No, like even if you didn't have a concussion, it's good to do that stuff. In oh, our 100%. Sport. And yeah. that's like, that's what he was saying. He's like, even people that aren't dealing with head injuries or don't have like known symptoms, they should be doing them anyways. Cause like you can, you can see so much improvement through it on the track. Yeah. How do you feel day to day life now? You know what, it's like, I just said it, but I feel like a normal human. So not that yep. when I like, when I got home, it wasn't about getting back on, like getting back to the race. Like I, it, to me, it was a pretty serious, I mean, I know, you know, like what, not only are we dealing with like the physical symptoms were like your, your whole mentality changes. For sure. Yeah. I went, it when I flew home, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to be a normal person again. I was, yeah. I was so out of it. Like was just, I came home a completely different person. And even then my family had made notes to the doctors that I wasn't the same person through the summer, but I'm, I've been able to work through that and develop back to the person I'm feeling good about. And yeah, normal life is kind of where I'm at right now. And I'm 
but I've been able to get back into some lighter training and you know, w- working in the gym and on the stationary bike. And I hope to, I feel good and feel good about where that's going. So I'm hoping to get back on the bike soon. Yeah, obviously it's a really scary injury for you and all of us that really care about you. So yeah. I'm proud of you that you're taking the steps you need to recover and everything. And it's, it's great to see you doing well. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And it's, I've been fortunate to, I mean, as much as you never want to see anybody deal with an injury like that, having you around, having all the experience you do, being able to kind of share that with me has been, it's, it's helped me a lot. Awesome. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. And I think you'll be a good example as well for the BMX community and athletes that go through it. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Anybody that's ever dealing with issues, like I, I heavily suggest reaching out and like talking to someone that yeah. you know has even someone that doesn't like just making, like making things known and getting them out there is huge. Yeah, absolutely. The more people aware of this kind of stuff, because before I had my concussion too, I, I had no idea you could rehab them this way. Yeah. No clue. Yeah. So in a sense, I, I've learned quite a bit about it. Yeah, I feel like that's, I mean, of course it sucked that my crash happened, but that's been huge for me. I feel like I've learned so much through like, even injury aside, just how I handle myself day to day as a person. I've, I feel like I've been able to grow a fair bit and I'm proud of what I've been, what I've been able to do. And yeah. So back into some light exercise now. Yeah. You know, working on the bench press with James in the gym. And <laughs> James, is he benching more than you now, James? Not yet. Where I think he's got me in the rest department. I've just got him in the weight department, Marvin. Well, we'll see when you get back. We'll have another bat- little <laughs> bench press battle. We're going to go like one for one and just see who can go the longest with like a plate on. Well, you're in trouble. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. I was uh, gonna say, go ahead, James. I was going to say, first of all, yeah, I'm proud of you too, but you've obviously had one hell of like recovery time here. It's really awesome. We're really glad to see how far you've come too. Um, one question I've got from a lot of people is, just like, what are your, I know you probably don't even know right now, but do you have plans moving forward? Like a time frame you're, you do want to get back on the bike or you want to ride? Yeah. That's a question I've heard from uh, a lot of people. That's such a hard question to answer. It's, it's a really <laughs> yeah. tough question. To answer, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I know it's, I get it. I get it a lot. Like every time I go to the track coach, it's like, Hey, when you get on the track, yeah, it's like, you what? can't possibly even answer it. <laughs> well, you can't, but yeah. So yeah. The doctor that I've been working with has told me a few times, <laughs> like you want like a normal injury like this. We, we forecast a year. I had a, I'm at a, I'm at a mic line, right? Yeah. So they said like a year. That's kind of, how's that? That better now? Yeah, cool. cool. Right Let's on. be close to it. Whatever's comfortable. Right on. So yeah, they told me like they normally expect recovery to be about a year and that like a year to a hundred percent. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I know with what we do riding the BMX track, crashes happen. And that's like, I'm not upset about the crash I had because every time I got on the track, I was prepared for that to happen. Yeah. You have to be. We all accept the risk every time we go on. 100%. Like it's, it happens. Yep. And, but that goes too. But when I want to get back on the bike, I don't want to be riding around with my fingers crossed, hoping I don't crash. I want to be ready for that to happen again because that's what we do. So they told me a year till 100%. So that's probably when I'll start riding closer to normal. I'm hoping to get on the track in the next, well, in the new year, obviously leave my wheels on the ground for now, but yep. I'd like, I know even just rolling around the tracks going to help me like mentally and how I look at the track and yeah. And for sure. And just for simple recovery too, it's going to help challenge your visual system and rehab your brain more than anything. hundred percent. Cause like if, especially spending the amount of time I've spent stationary, not like not moving as fast as we do on the track. Yep. It's my eyes are definitely going to be a fair bit different. For sure. And it's going to take a bit of time, but I've no doubt that you'll, your brain will recover, recover and you'll feel great. 
I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything to add, James, before we move on? Ask a question. I love questions. I was just going to ask. <laughs> How has it been? Uh, I got home because I know you've still been able to stay involved with people at the local tracks doing some coaching. Um, what have you been up to with that, those, those stuff? Dude, it's so like, I can't tell you the last time I left the area we live in, which is bizarre. <laughs> the amount of time we spend like on the road all around, it's, we're always going someplace, but I've like, yeah, haven't, yeah, I'm stuck at home now, which is kind of, it's as much as I miss being away. It's, I've been able to appreciate being at home and spending time with my family and Kind of, I'm back in school now and trying to learn a little bit, strain the brain. You really learn, you learn how to enjoy <laughs> life in a different way. Hey? Oh, hundred yeah, percent. You, you appreciate what you got. Totally. That's, that's something I learned too. Like you, especially cause obviously you don't want to have forced downtime like that, but it's almost kind of nice. Cause you just, you kind of realize that there's a life outside BMX. You can enjoy life and be happy with doing other things. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Before I crashed, I was doing a fair bit of coaching. Yeah. But now having all the time I do, I spend a fair bit of time at the track working with kids. And it's cool, huh? Dude, like yeah. not being able to ride, I appreciate that way more. Like yeah. it makes me feel a bit more connected to the riders. And it honestly, coaching like that, I feel like it makes you appreciate riding, like why we ride more. It's very fulfilling, isn't it? Yeah, we're not at the yeah. track chasing mm -hmm. kink times or like mm -hmm. looking at things that way. It's like kids want to learn how to, they want to learn how to manual. They want to learn how to jump a certain jump. It's like, oh, and it makes you just appreciate the essentials to BMX a fair bit more. Yeah. Cause when obviously we're all competing, we're so just like, what can I do better? How can I can improve? It's you're always focusing on yourself. And then in these types of situations, you're coaching, you're, you're focusing on someone else. It, it's cool. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. You've been doing much coaching lately. A little training Carson, right training on. Carson got some camps booked for next year. So yeah, I like coaching. It's uh like I said, it's really fulfilling and I think I probably wasn't ready to do it a few years ago, but I'm definitely ready to do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's good to catch up, Alex. It's, I'm stoked to be, I, it's funny. I listen to like all the podcasts you guys have and like, I, like you guys bring my idols on and I'm stoked. And now I'm the one <laughs> I know. sitting here on the, on the chat. We gotta have, guys. When Jay, especially when James gets back, we'll have you in studio for some more as well. We gotta bring Ryan in back. And we gotta, yeah, we gotta have a, we gotta have a little Tugas on too. We can, we can live our like teenage years through Ryan now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we can relive them. <laughs> oh. We can't call him Little Tugas anymore. No, he's not bigger than me now. He's a big old horse now. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. News headline. This is a, a interesting segue. It's pretty much a full one eighty. Russia's got a four year sporting ban. Yeah. Russia's got a four year sporting ban. What do we think? Now, does that? I'll mean, go first here. What you go for it? Yeah, you oh. go. I was gonna say I am like you know what after. I'm sure everybody's seen it after seeing the documentary Icarus and seeing what they did and how they were sneaking around, um, the anything stuff like, you know what? Hell yeah. Ben. Like that was completely wrong what they were doing. Um, I know there's going to be people and I, I feel the same way that obviously there's a lot of people who weren't involved in that, but it's like, how do you like determine who was and who wasn't? So, I mean, I feel like they were, they were in the wrong. They did something wrong on purpose and, they deserve to be, you know, have a penalty for it. Absolutely. 100% agree. When you have a state-sponsored countrywide doping program, you should be banned. There's no way you should be at international competition until you can prove that somehow you're clean as a country. But that's going to be a very difficult reputation to rebuild. So I've seen that, like, does that mean all, like, all, like, all levels of sport are out or is it? So all sport from Russia is banned. So Russia is not allowed at world championships, Olympics, anything from what I understand. That Whoa. being said, 
So all the athletes that have had prior offenses and everything, they can't. But I guess if you've never had an offense, you can compete under a neutral flag, I think. Is that right, James? I don't. Yeah, I think that's something like that. I didn't see all the details, but I believe it was something like that. Yeah. But then you have have to get like accepted for that or something. Yeah. But then the problem with that is like, okay, you haven't been tested positive for it if you've been performance enhancing, so then you're allowed to compete under a neutral flag, but how can everyone know that you're clean if you've been under a country that's had known state sponsored doping? Exactly. On the topic right. of doping, you done your CCS yet, James? <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, I'm, I'm off the whereabouts. It's a hell of a time to be alive. <laughs> so, okay. So, side note, side I note, you guys are, you're off of it. Side note. I was, uh, in the living room earlier today and the, and someone rang the doorbell. My instant first thought was it's anti-doping. And I was like, fucking better not be. I'm off the whereabouts now. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was already preparing mentally to tell them like, look, people, why are you here? I'm off the whereabouts. <laughs> Get off my property. <laughs> you're pissing clean, but I mean, you're still, <laughs> or I'll pee all over you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, it's fucking classic. but yeah, honestly, how can even, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because yeah, the rush has been banned for four years and a lot of the athlete, I'm sure a lot of the athletes are clean for sure. Um, and they're going to suffer the bad consequences of their country, even though they're clean. That's really unfair to them. It is. And I feel bad for those athletes, but if you let a lot of them compete under a neutral flag, how are we certain that they weren't also under the country that was doping? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the hard part there. It's like, how do you determine who's from who? And it's like, unfortunately, even these people that are clean and have, been clean the whole time and are now are, are Russian. Like people are looking at them poorly. Like I'm, I'm like, unfortunately I'm one of those people. Like I see so, something about like a Russian athlete and I instantly think of like the Icarus documentary and just think of all the things that they were doing like poorly. And it's going to be something that's going to be very hard for them to get rid of now. Totally. Like this, it sounds bad, but you're right. A lot of the time when you see people from Russia or Russian Olympic team, or whatever, that's the first thing you think of. And so that's, I don't know how long or if they're ever going to be able to rebuild that reputation or become a clean nation. Like, I don't know. That's tough. What do you think, Alex? Once a cheater, always a cheater. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I feel pretty bad for those. Again, like you guys have been saying, like the athletes that are clean and didn't go about it that way. And they're they're having to deal with it all, even though they didn't do anything. But I think it's, I mean, being an athlete competing myself, I, I know how like how brutal it is for people to not have to put in that same effort or, like commit to that the same cleansing list that we are. And I don't know. It's, it's a tough one for sure. It's sickening to think that we've all worked so hard as athletes and then you compete against someone who's doping. Like that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. It's, you feel so cheated. Yeah, you do. Like you just feel, I'd, I would be so disappointed if I found out that some of the riders I was competing against were doping. That'd be awful. And I mean, in our sport, I feel like, I feel like, I mean, every sport it goes on. So I'm sure in our sport, there are people that dope or have doped. But generally, I feel like our sport's pretty clean. Even worse than that, I'd feel like horrible about doing it myself. Like oh, I, don't I, w- I wouldn't be yeah. able to live with the fact that I cheated in that manner. Like that, that yeah, wouldn't no. work. I don't know how you would sleep at night. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> seriously, though, like how? Would, not those kind of people. How would you look at the stuff you've won and be proud of those things and have people come up to you and congratulate you? There's yeah, no, it's not a possibility. No, like you'd feel like a complete dirtbag. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how. I think luckily do in our sport too. Luckily in our sport, you you have to have power, but you also have to have skill. And I don't think you can dope skill. <laughs> no, you can't. And like I said, I think yeah. I think we're in a sport where 
like I think we're very clean as a sport. Uh, like I said, there's probably people in our sport that have or are, but generally I feel like our sport compared to others is extremely clean. I think that's a really cool thing about BMX. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't see how, I mean, obviously there's science behind it that it can help you, but like honestly, I think you can be doping and still not be dominant in the sport. Like, that's, that's a wonderful thing about our sport. Oh, absolutely. It's not like the hundred meter sprint where it's obviously there's technique, but it's purely physical. Like ours, you, you got a 40 foot jump to jump in two seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you can show up. Like there's no like formula to being dominant in BMX. Like you can be in training that one of the fastest guys ever and still never win a race. Yeah. Which I think it, it drives my passion in the sport. It's like, it's, it's huge. And obviously, so like we were talking about, Russia has gotten the ban, but like a lot of the attention has gone on Russia, but I'm sure there's other countries that this uh, this goes on. There's no question. Yeah, I've, I've heard some stuff, mm-hmm. but I mean. Yeah, I mean, we all have, but there's got to be other countries that this stuff goes on. And yeah, it is deserving for Russia, but at the same time, they're not the only country or p- athletes doing it for sure. Yeah. I got a question. Yeah. Do you think these other countries um, are put on whereabouts at like a young age? I want to say like for us in Canada, even as BMX athletes, I think we were on whereabouts basically when we turned elite. And that was just because Canada, that's the way Canada works. Um, I know that some things have changed where athletes aren't now, but a lot of us were put on at a very young age. Do you think these other countries like that do a lot of countries? put their athletes on at a young age. <laughs> you got age? put on an elite? That was first year junior, 17. Yeah, I think like, Alex, when was I? I might have been first year elite, yeah. Uh, they, they snagged Alex as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, James, I think, oh, Canada is like one of the strictest um, countries for anti-doping policies. Um, I think oh, a lot of countries, yeah, they do, for sure. They have their athletes on whereabouts and hold their athletes to a higher standard, but I also think a lot of countries don't. No, yeah. I think a lot of countries probably don't have them on whereabouts and probably aren't super worried about it. I don't know. I could be wrong. Do you guys got any good stories like, of anti-doping showing up and like just having them around, not being able to pee or what? The first time I got tested was at national champs in 2009. I was first year junior and I wanted, we were in Toronto and it took me like a couple hours to go and we had to like rush to the airport. People had to take my bike apart for me <laughs> and stuff. I was nervous. Hey, at like, least you didn't have to pack. Like that. Yeah, I know. But I was nervous and stuff. But yeah, that took me a while. Um, I can't how, think of- how awkward does it feel the first time you got to just drop trowel and just have everything just hanging out for them while they just are like a foot away from you? Yeah. For, so for people who don't know, because some people might not know what the whereabouts is. So we're on something called the whereabouts where you put you... It's on, it's an online account thing and you sign on and you got to submit where you're going to sleep every day, where you're training and where you're going to be every day of your life basically. And you got to submit an hour every day where, um, you're available for testing for sure. And they can come at any time and test you. So often people put their one hour of availability for testing at like 6am because you know that you're going to be in bed at home at 6am. So often they come at 6am. And so what happens is the doping control officer comes in with someone else. <clears throat> and you like fill up paperwork at your table and then you pick from a, a variety of cups and go into the bathroom with one of them and you pull your pants down to mid thigh and your shirt up to your belly button. Um, take your wiener out and pee into a cup. <laughs> I, don't know how else to, I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> how, how else would you say it? There's no, way no. And they, like, they watch you pee like yeah. a foot, like a couple feet away and they got to have clear unobstructed view yeah, as they absolutely. say. Yeah. Oh, so I probably got tested, I think around 40 times probably wow. in my life Damn. out of competition. That's and, a lot. And in competition. Yeah. Probably around 40. Yeah. 
I love hearing that yeah. that knock on the door. At like, just, oh, just an instant rush of anxiety. Oh, my time was. Oh. I would do seven to eight because. Oh yeah, because you know yeah. All of a sudden, like I hear it, like hear the knock. My dad runs down the stairs and he's like, "Alex," I'm like, "Oh." Boy. You're like, "Fuck me!" I know who it is. Like any time, <laughs> the last like ten years, any time I would hear the doorbell ring or knock at an odd time, you know it's antidote. Oh, yeah, it was 100%. always like yeah. the evening at eight or nine p.m. or the morning at six. My favorite thing is when oh, you right. forget about like updating it. And you're like, oh yeah, you're like somewhere like out of out of the norm, and you're like, oh, I haven't changed it for tonight. Oh yeah. boy, you're get like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah. That's when you can't log in, and you're like, you get kicked out, and you're like, oh, oh my god. In Rock Hill at the World Cup in 2016, we rode practice in the morning, and before the time trial in the afternoon, I spent like three hours trying to log I in and change my whereabouts. <laughs> had to phone them, had to like get my password for my email change because my email blocked me because I was in a different place of the world, not at home. <laughs> so I had to change my password, get into my email to reset my password, update my whereabouts for like three hours. It took. That's wonderful. Oh my god, it was such a piss off. Man, I'm glad we're talking about this right now because that reminded me. I've got, I've got to go do like. I was like, okay, guys, I got to get, I got five here. I need to update my whereabouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for those people like who don't know it's constant no matter where you are you got to change it and if you if they come within your hour three times and you're not there it's an automatic positive test in your band so you got to make sure you're on it i mean at the same yeah. time it yeah it's tedious task but i mean it's part of the job we're yeah it's, it help helps keep our nation clean i'd prefer they have it yeah 100 not i mean if they didn't have it like back in the day there's so many people saucing and there's no way they could catch them yeah yeah I feel bad for anybody that has to come up to Carlos's house to do the testing. Cause sorry, you know, the driveway getting up here, man. Oh, it's so that sketchy. is just one trek to oh, get my, up here. You're like, where the hell are we going? You're like, scaling you feel like you're just driving up the face of a rock. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Well, in other news off season races. So, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, say, the, the we didn't get right to do now? our rant. We, we didn't get to rant. Oh yeah. Rant. Do you want, you want to do it? Yeah, I'll do it because we've done it before and I can't remember the last person we did, but I swear it was a duchy. Might have been, did the, same might have been the same one. Was it? Tw- no way. It was Twan again. I don't yeah, know. Right. Go for Twan it. posted on his story. He posted that he's getting anti-doping at his house. Why does everybody post that they're there when they show up? Like, Guys, we don't, we don't need- care that anti-doping is at your house. Before you whip your dick out, we don't need you don't need to take a photo of the container where you're going to pee into. Like we don't care you're getting tested. We understand you're a top athlete. Tuan, I love you. I know we're just light, lighting up the world champ right now. <laughs> Tuan, your world champ. Don't take a photo of the anti-doping people at eight a.m. Well, at least we know he's he's testing. Like yeah, yeah. Next time, okay. If you're gonna do it too. Just take like a selfie with all of them there and just like, you know, take a selfie in the bathroom, the take a selfie in the bathroom, go next level. <laughs> all right. Anyone listening, anyone who gets tested, the first person to uh, take a selfie with a doping control officer in the bathroom, um, they win like a coffee chat or something. Or yeah, a coffee. We'll, they're getting something. Out Post of it. it on your story, tag coffee chatter, and we'll uh, give you like a free trip to Hawaii or something. You guys got any merch coming? <laughs> <to Hawaii? laughs> we'll give you, no, no, no. We'll give you a coffee chatter mug, a friend of the show mug. When are you guys going to yeah. get the t-shirts going? I want to see this coffee chatter t-shirt. Merch has been a topic for a while. Yeah. Between the coffee chatter team. Um, the first, we're going to come out with, yeah, we're going to, we're going to get some friend of the show mugs. Right on. But we're going to get some friend of the show mugs. Yeah. Um, we need merch. Yeah, we do need some merch. We do need some merch. Yeah. So St. Etienne was this weekend. Cool off season race. Honestly, that's one race that I kind of wish I would have raced at some point in my career. You know, but back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> back in your day but that race seriously Honestly, looks though, so sick seemed, 
it seems like it's got one of the best atmospheres like at all races. Yeah, it's because it's an off-season race. It doesn't really mean much, but the crowd's into it. BMX in France is huge and it's sick. It looks like a super fun show. The, the funny thing is to me is that like, it doesn't look like the greatest of racetrack. Like, it looks like a good good gate, good start hill to the first jump, and then everything else is pretty tight. Um, but like, there's a lot of people that really just love going there, it seems like. I could be crazy to say this, and it like I'm not there in person, but it looks like they're riding in the dark when you watch videos. It does, eh? Yeah, it does. Be fun. That would be a party, wouldn't it? Oh man! Um, but no, it looks like a cool, tr- cool track and or a cool race, I should say. And everyone that goes there says it's sick. Hmm. It's definitely on my bucket list of races to go to. That's for sure. Why don't you go to it? Uh, I'm thinking I will. I'm thinking like maybe maybe next year, maybe the year after, I'll go hang out with Romaine and maybe I'll go race it because I got to. Everybody says it's great. I want to go do it. We'll go do a live show. Oh. Oh uh, yeah, we'll just yeah, put it on the coffee chatter uh, credit card. We'll just make a trip over there. Tori can commentate it. Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, with, with Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do a. Me and James talked about. It, we're gonna do a live show at National Champs next year. That's sick, James. We're just dropping this on air yeah. right now. We're 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 gonna plan it but, and talk to Calgary, but we're gonna do it at National Champs. That's yeah. Yeah, let's let's just drop the two big shows we're gonna do next year. Oh, we got we're doing one at National Champs. I, I, I thought we were doing one at Grands next year too. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. Okay, okay, okay. And then next year, <laughs> we're going to do a big show at Grand's somewhere, maybe in the S-squared truck if John lets us. I don't know yet, but we're just throwing it out there. We're going to do a big show there. Yeah, national champs in the Grand's next year. It's going to go off. So you guys are going to bring this whole setup down there? We're, like the road mics. Well, I mean, I'm a content oh, guy. Yeah, I'm a content guy now, so I'll bring the setup. Right yeah, on. we're going to get a suit, like a, a briefcase thing for that. It's going to be bitching. Yeah, it's going to be sick. It's going to be sick. Um, so off season races, what do we think of them? Pros and cons pro you stay in shape, you stay racing. What's a con James? I'm going to, okay, well, I'm just going to get into what, like what I feel like, because Sylvan the other day was asking me about why I'm here in, uh, in Columbia. And he's like, I posted a story of the, um, what's the name? The Lucis 2019 race. International de las Lucis. That would be the one, yes. <laughs> so I posted a picture or a story of the race, and he's like, you're not racing, question mark. And I was like, no, I'm not. Just Basically, I'm just here to train and get ready for next season. And he was giving me sass. But he, all he said was like, bro. But I could tell he was sassing me, obviously, because he knows. He, well, we all know he's a racer at heart. And I'm a big believer that like, sometimes you need to take a break. You need to reset yourself. Take some time to get some training in. And if you have a goal in mind, uh, for me, which is next year and having a big few months in the, in the new year that you need to take some time to prepare yourself for those. And if that means skipping a race, even though I really wanted to race it, um, so be it. Like I could have raced it, um, for fun, obviously, but I don't think I would have been as competitive as I would have liked. And I would rather miss a race than race a race, not being at the, as prepared as I would like to just for no reason, if that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Okay, first of all, yeah. Sylvan, fuck that guy. I hate that guy. Fuck that guy. Second of all, I agree. Like, so the pros of racing off-season races and not really stopping races, clearly you stay sharp, you stay in shape, you keep that feel. Cons, I think it's easier to burn out long-term because you don't necessarily get a break from racing. And some people might be fine. Like someone like Sylvan, I think, can race all the time and be fine. That dude's an animal. But dude, me, like... Just always right. Yeah, mentally, I need a 
like I needed a bit of a break in the off season to reset, work on some weaknesses I had kind of, and just take a few months break. And I think that's important for long-term career for some people. Some people don't need it, but I think it's something that I need to do because the times that I did race throughout the season, like off season without that much break, I felt a bit of burnout a bit later, actually. Yeah, I completely understand that. Like we, we have a really busy schedules these days. If we're trying to do the world cups and all like, let's say the UCI or the USA BMX races. Um, so the summer is just jam packed and it's like, this is the kind of only time, like you say, just to take a break, reset and just, I mean, get excited about going back to the races instead of having to think, okay, I got another race coming up. Got to get ready again. You know? Yeah. I think it's important to take a bit of time, whether, and take a bit of time at the end of the season, take a month off and get back into training and work on some weaknesses. I think that's important as well as like, if you're not at a hundred percent and you're not pulling, you might not be fully in it and your risk of injury goes up as well. Riding. Yeah. Cause you're going to be putting yourself in riding when you're tired is definitely tough in that sense. Yeah. And if you're not at a hundred percent, you'll be back to the pack, maybe try some moves and it, it, your risk of injury could go up as well. I think it also depends on mm-hmm. what you're building towards in the off season. Like for me, a lot of the time it was, I was not in that like mental race state in the season. So I needed to learn how to race. Even I'm still something I'm still going to be working on, but then there's other people that over the winter, they're like, okay, well I need to fix different aspect of my riding. For sure. It depends on the situation. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I said, if you can work on, you can work on certain technical things or physical things and take some time be like, okay, I'm going to work on my gate form for a few months or I need to put on some size and strength in the gym. And you don't really want to be interrupted with a race. Then you want to just focus on what you're doing. And I completely get that. Yeah. I can speak from like personal experience, even this past year, like after the world cups, uh, there's a race in Tokyo. I made a decision to go to that race in Indonesia. And at the time I'd really wanted to go race in Houston, but when I had to make the trip and go to Indonesia, I just felt tired and I actually wasn't really excited for it. Um, it, despite how cool the experience was and everything. And I just kind of showed like, I obviously racing did not go well. And I was just kind of frustrated with like the track and riding and just kind of like, you don't have that same motivation, even though you can try to tell yourself you have that motivation and you're there for a reason. Like you don't have the same kind of level of hype or excitement to be there racing your heart out kind of thing. No, and a lot of the time, the training, the off season is so exhausting. You're just so tired all the time. Yeah, that's a big thing too. I don't know if it's something you'll talk about on the podcast, but is there anything major you're working towards before next season? Like, what's what's the next thing for the Palm Dog? You know, I really want to keep my drive straight off the tee for me, Um, (laughs) (laughs) and just fire at every flag. Yeah, no three putts. No doubles or triple Dude, bogeys. <laughs> I'd all cost eliminate the three putts. Those are three, heartbreakers. Let me tell you, three jacks will just jack your scorecard up in a hurry. I'm a good putter. Dude, I just want to. I'm going to say though, I'm a good putter now. You getting better at it? Well, yeah. Last time we played, how good was my putting? Yeah, you thought you worked. Me, I was so. all I mean, over yeah. the place, all over the course. My putting <laughs> saved me. Anyway, yeah, yeah. James. Um, what's something you personally have been working on this off season? Um, to be honest, for me, this off season has been, I, I want to say it's been pretty general and I say general in the sense of just trying to get back in the gym and get a little, little bit of strength back. Um, cause we all know when we're in the mid race season, we kind of, we don't get to spend as much time in the gym, obviously we're just racing. So just trying to get under the bar again, get to get some strength back and then just get comfortable on the bike again from having a little bit of time off now. Um, I think the big thing for me was just kind of resetting. Um, 
I did a lot of traveling this past year, so I needed a break just to reset because I know looking ahead, there's a lot of races coming up. Um, so I just basically want to be ready and ready to handle all that. Um, with that being said, I've also basically just taken the time a little bit to do a little more, um, a little more work on the mental side. So doing a little bit of, um, what's it called? Not vision exercises, but, um, just some visualization exercises. Um, trying to do a little bit of meditation now, trying to work nice. that in a little bit. Really good. Um, really good. Just, yeah. Just trying to change it up a little bit and do some of that. Cause that's something I've never done in the past. Did I motivate you to do some uh, visualization after our show? Yeah, honestly, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, I'm, like I said, I'm happy like, to hear I, that. <laughs> honestly, no, because like we talk about all the time. Like I, I listen to these guests. I hear them talking about um, the mental aspect of our sport and what we do. And even on your podcast, I learned so much. Just obviously, you talking about visualizing, doing your efforts, and like I, the big thing I took away from yours actually, Tori, was um, you knowing that maybe you didn't have as the fastest skate against the person next to you, if they had their best one, but you knew that you were going to put out your best skate and that's what you need to do. And if you did that, then you were going to be successful. And it's like, that's what I took away. And I, I want to make sure that it, that's something like I incorporate into my thing now, because I always struggle with that too, that if I'm not feeling the fastest, then I have a big issue with, I always try to you know, over try. Yeah. And I got that if, as long as I put my best effort out there, then I'll be, I'll be okay. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I see, I think that's a big issue with a lot of riders is they overstrain when they're beside someone faster than them or when they're feeling a bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'll be awesome. Honest, like kind of working on the visualization stuff, I think it'd just be very easy to like, just sit there and visualize stuff. But it's kind of tough because like, I mean, the, the mind starts to wander and stuff and you got to try to bring it back and refocus. No, it's hard. It's a skill like anything. You got to practice it. Did we lose him? Maybe. I think we lost him. I'm back now. Oh, <laughs> there was like a, a pause. I was like, is he there? Is he going to say something? Is he going to say something? We got dead air. That's not good. <laughs> That's when you hit the crickets button on you. Wait. <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot about the drops. I Guys, I, Go ahead. I want to add a new rant, and I want to rant about Carlos's Wi-Fi. Crap. I, keep, I can hear myself cutting in and out. But I just kind of like, I'm trying to stay calm and just hope it comes back for the time I need to talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is kind of crap, huh? Yeah. Um, and so. yeah, the, like talking about off-season, there's a variety of different approaches. So typically the Europeans spend more time in the off-season and have a longer off-season than we do in North America. Typically we race more and don't get as good of a bill. Like the, a lot of the Europeans spend a lot more time in the gym and a lot of them like, like to get on the road bike and stuff. And in typically in North America, that's not our approach. No, it's really not, hey. Um you think that's because of Tulsa being so late in the year? Like there's so many North Americans that get ready for Tulsa and they don't have time to, to do what let's say the Europeans do. Yeah. I mean, the weather's not as good in Europe either. Maybe that's something to do with it over time. I got a question for you, Tori. Shoot. If you could flip back to your career, ultimately. Back, back in my day. Back in your day. <laughs> I was like, that. I, back in my day, I was like this. I'm, a, I'm about to light this shit up. <laughs> Is there anything you would have changed about your training approach? Good question. Um... Yeah, I think off season wise, I think at times we like I got programmed to do too much like volume in the gym because I'm already a pretty big guy. And so at times, yeah, like I didn't really need to put on muscle in it at times like with pH and then um, one of the two years that I was with Kit, we did and I don't think it worked as well. Like the first year I worked with Kit, our strength coach on our national team, 
we didn't really do like a hypertrophy phase. We just kind of wanted to strengthen whatever. And it felt great. I didn't really need to put on size. Um, but I think at times with pH and yeah, like it, it worked, but I think like I didn't really need to spend a month building muscle. I'm already big. And so I think that was kind of, I don't want to say like a waste of time, but I think a bit unnecessary, especially year could after year. Could have been year. approached differently. Yeah, I yeah. think so. And I think we could have spent the time elsewhere probably. Um, like we worked a lot on gate form and stuff. And like I said, it got better before, but I think instead of sometimes focusing on the volume of the gym, we could have worked on something like that a bit more. Yeah. And so that's, that's probably one thing I would have changed. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, where's Carlos? Is Carlos there? I feel like or go ahead, James. I can get him down in a second. I'll get him down in a second. Um, I was going to say, I feel like I've noticed, like I know the Europeans, I know the Dutchies, they love their road bike rides, but I feel like they've done a little bit more on the road bike this year. And I'm going to say that's because of Tokyo, knowing the track is long and demanding. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I still, I still, that's my guess. I'm just throwing it out there, but yeah, yeah. I still don't really agree with it to be honest, but I see, I see why they're doing it. What is, that's a good 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 point here, Terry. You're not a big fan of the road bike rides. I don't think you ever have because, um, why don't you tell, like, kind of tell people what your theory is on that? Because it's a different energy system and we're not an endurance sport. I get why they're doing it. Um, but I think you can, I think for the, for the reason you do the road bike rides, I think you can get the same benefit, um, by just overall training volume and volume on the track riding. And I don't think it's, I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I don't agree with road cycling for a variety of reasons. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, to each their own. What about for recovery? Even? Yeah, like for recovery rides and stuff. Yeah, that's fine. But as for workouts, I don't think we need it in our sport. It's too bad we can't phone up like Afro right now because he's a big, he's a big believer, as, <laughs> as you know, about the road rides. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's Dutch. <laughs> yeah, he is. Of course he is. Yeah. Bring Carlos on. Let's talk about Colombian race. Yeah, we're getting down. Just message him. I would oh, run up there but I'm scared the Wi-Fi is going to cut out. Everybody can hear it. It's already bad enough. So Diego Arboleda won the Colombian race, hey? Dude, he's fast. Yeah, he was on it. Um, he on it. He's, I, I, I he's believe improved a lot. Home track? Yeah, it's his home yeah, track. Yeah, he really has. I believe that's his home track, yeah. Well, he lives like an hour outside of Medellin, I think. Oh. But I think he rides in Medellin all okay. the time. But he's he's gotten significantly better each year. Manchester this past year, he was so fast. Dude. Did you see the videos of him riding Papendal before the World Cup? He's sick. Um, yeah, he's like, sick. Some of the stuff he was doing, I was, I was watching it. I mean, I'm I'm there racing against him. And I'm like watching it, going, "Oh my goodness!" No, he's he's really good on his bike. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool to watch. So, how many spots is Columbia to get for the Olympics? One or two? So right now, I actually just checked, and they're sitting uh, in fifth place, and that's two spots. Right, um, yeah, but yeah. once they if they go to sixth place, yeah, that's to one spot so oh shit they're on the edge battling with australia i think it was um i can't remember who else right now oh if they're battling with australia so they've got sakaki loop out dean <laughs> and um yeah. isaac the three guys I, I guess yeah and then columbia's got carlos mm-hmm. they got diego Vinny, carlos nintendo <laughs> nintendo yeah <laughs> i've been hanging out with carlos he's super fun to hang with I think he's so cool. They, like he's a great host here. His family's super welcoming, super nice. Like I don't have a bad thing to say about them and my time being here. They've made sure I've been super comfortable with everything, have everything I need, making sure I'm seeing everything I need. Like I, I haven't been bored. Like, you know me, I'm a very introverted person. I like to just sit at home 
I certainly have not done that very much here, but it's been okay because I've been able to see and enjoy so many things. Yeah. Now, Carlos's family is super nice. He is not responding to my text though. And I know he's upstairs. So let me go get him and I'll be back. All right, sir. We'll screw him. We'll move on. We'll move on. Um, we got a message on Facebook actually. Um, this is our Sylvan social media check-in. We got our message on Facebook. Let me get it here. From Sandy Fokins, Falkins, Fokins, Sandy Fokins, I think. Hopefully I said that right. She said after meeting or there's a debate and clip rule changes or anything like that. Talking about other riders would not touch that hot topic. Oh, never mind. <laughs> after meeting so many people around the world in <laughs> Tulsa and the world, there is so much debate on if there is any benefit to occasionally training on flats. A big chunk of the Europeans I chat with train on flats regularly, but most North Americans are right adamant you train how you race in clips only at times what do we think alex i'm a i love riding flats around the track but i feel like doing gates on clips and flats are two completely different things like all winter i'll do sprints on flats like in the past like the past season that's literally i don't remember sprinting clipped in yeah and i mean i don't know what your opinion is on that but i feel like it worked pretty good for what i was working to build yeah, with PH, I used to do a lot of sprints on flats. Off the, I never rode flats on the track. We did one year at the beginning of the year, not gates, but we just rode the track for some skills on flats. But I think sprints, some sprints on flats is really good, especially with the big gear. Just gives you something to oh, push yeah, into. Something and to like, push into. Yeah, yeah, something to push into and smoothens, <laughs> smoothens out your pedal stroke. James, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, the funny thing is I haven't done much sprint work on flat pedals. Um, me and Robert have really only just stuck to clips just to keep things the same and consistent because you're going to, because you're going to, because you're going to do this. I'm, a, I'm about to light this shit up. <laughs> Cause that's exactly what the, I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> but no, it's funny. Like I've never been against it at the same time. Like I think there are really, there are a lot of benefits to it. Um, and I think even on the track as well, it's, there's a lot of benefits to that. And I think it's just a, like we talked about in the offseason, it's a good way to reset yourself. Um, it makes you kind of, focus on the form, have a really good technique, whether it's sprinting or on the bike. And then when you get back to clips, it just feels like things are easier. Um, so I think it is good to change it up, even though I haven't as much in the past. And then when you put clips on, you feel like a fucking savage. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you're one. Oh, you feel like an absolute race horse. One year, something depressing. So when I was in these years, one year is like 2000, beginning 2012 or something. And 2011, maybe, I don't know. I was in France training the pH and I rode a lot with the French team. And so we were all riding uh, clips at the local track one day. I was like with Sylvan, Caleron, those guys. And we were all pretty close battling the first straight and whatever. Next week, they show up with flats. And dude, they're the exact same speed. I was battling with Sylvan down the first straight. And he was on flats. And I was like, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> it was like a super flat first straight. It, oh, it's depressing. It's crazy. It's absolutely incredible how good they are. It's, it's really impressive how good they are in flats. There's no, there's no like surprise why they're the top country in the sport. Mm-hmm. Watching them ride is insane. Like just, it is. Yeah. We could all learn something from the French team. I want to go and ride all the tracks they have over there. Like they got really oh. sick tracks there. Yeah. Yeah. They got really fun yeah. tracks over there. Like when I was there with PH all those years there, we could go to a different track every time we rode. And it was so fun because every time we went to the track, it was something new because you get so stale at home. Going to the same track, you do the same lines for warm up. You do the same gates every time. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday at Abbotsford. Oh, Indoor, same you shit. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You always go in lane three or whatever yeah. lane you like. Like it's always the same stuff. But at least at those tracks, you go there and it's new. Yeah, and then you go to the I race, you, and then it. you go to the race, and you're like, "Oh my god, his ass now." <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I think it's funny though, because yeah, I mean, like the Europeans, they're very they're known for their skill. Like speaking with the French people specifically, they're really known for their skill. They ride flat pedals. They have the difficult tracks that require a lot of skill. And you have the U.S. North American people that they ride clips all the time. Um, they're known for not having the skill. Like they're known that when they go to World Championships, like they're not going to have as as much skill as the Europeans do. Um, but they, they also they ride their clips basically throughout the winter. And I think you can just see that riding flats it does like it makes you one with the track obviously, but riding the flats will make you develop the skills properly. Unlike some of the, we're just saying us, but North American riders that ride clips all the time, they don't develop these skills to help them move forward in the future. No, they learn how to jumps on clips and then it's just, they just clip yank the jumps, which is, is no bueno. You learn how to do Mm -hmm. something on flats. You can most of the time do it on clips, but it doesn't always go the same way in return. Like you can learn stuff on clips and then never be able to do it on flats. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we mm-hmm. got we got some uh, questions from fans. Before we get to the quick shots, we got some topics fans wanted us to discuss. Um, in the meantime, James, see if that Carlita can come down. Carlita. <laughs> Carlita. Um, but Hollywood BMX 19, unusual training slash race food you've had. Alex. Unusual training food? Like food? Like, Closer to the mic, please. Thank you, sir. Th- sorry. Training food. <laughs> I don't know. Like I haven't really explored too much. I'm a pretty cut and dry guy. I'll do the I same got, thing all over again. I got two things, two training race food J- things that's funny J- about Alex. James has a bunch of wacky shit too. Oh boy. I got a really wacky shit. Okay. The one, let's talk about 2016 world. Oh, Alex, oh this kid's junior. a fucking savage. Dude, he's like day. one slice of bread in the morning, books <laughs> it to the track. He's there all fucking day. He is. He not was, eating a damn thing, and he was just And then we got fire. wasted that night. That and was, he's basically the junior world champion. Besides the last ride, he was yeah. basically the junior world champion. So I remember we went to breakfast. We had to get up early that day, I feel oh, like. That we, was a long day. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we had to get up early that day. We go to breakfast, and we put our bags down downstairs, went up to breakfast. I think me and James were up there, and I'm like, guys, where's Alex? He was already downstairs. He, I think he already went to the track. Well, I had I was junior at the time, yeah. so I practiced way before you guys. Yeah. So Adam and I had to go pretty early. Uh, after it comes out, he had one piece of toast and basically Dude, won the junior world championship. I felt like throwing up all day long. <laughs> I was just unbelievable. Um, something I've had, I oh Rock Hill one year. I think I I cooked uh, sweet potatoes or yams, and then I remember yeah, this in the microwave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and those honestly for a race day snack, a sweet potato or a yam is really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in the the cold pasta. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, like I I don't know why. Like some people have issues getting it down. I really enjoy it for some reason. I started doing it the year one of the year races like last year, and just having cold pasta, just have like a bite or two in between each round, was really good for me. I really like doing that actually. Afro Bob always used to have flat Coke during races. Yeah, good sugar. That'd be a good one. Peanut butter was weird though. Plenty of coffee. That's that's what's needed. Peanut butter, honey, banana sandwiches are an absolute staple in the BMX world. Dude, that's a go-to for everyone. That is an absolute go-to. James, when we were in the states earlier this year, we had a good routine going: uh, Panera bread and a Starbucks, and then we'd head to the course. Uh, that's oh, the that's a staple. Issue. That is that's standard. Yeah. Go to Panera, get your breakfast, get a sandwich for the road, grab the coffee on the way to the track. Bingo, bango, bongo, you're set. I always loved spaghetti bolognese the night before too. Oh. That was my go-to dinner. I, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Um, one of the t- uh, one of the races in Europe. I for some reason I was with um, Jorg Delau. He didn't. He's not a coffee drinker, so all he had was this instant mixed coffee. And first of all, it was delicious. I was really surprised. 
But I don't think it had any caffeine in it, but I was downing it just because. Who? And uh, Jorg DeLau. Oh, yeah. Dutch guy. Yep. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the stuff was, but it was great. Really liked it, even though it sounds ridiculous having an instant mixed coffee. Um, like I said, no idea if there's caffeine in it, but mentally, I think it was great. <laughs> yeah, and then you. I'm about to light this shit up. That's exactly what you did. <laughs> um, Aggie Y Dog details of pro contracts. How much the top pro is really making? Uh, I'm not sure. Do if we I... know? Do we? Yeah, I do, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit of a, a soft subject. I'd uh, say. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's impolite to kiss and tell, right? Yeah. It's imp- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, we can talk about those contract lengths and stuff. I mean, I think nowadays there's not many contracts that are uber long, like crazy long by any means, but how long do you think most pro contracts are these days? Uh, the top guys like four years. Yeah. Probably Olympic cycles. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. Cause the top team would like to lock the pro in. Yeah. Otherwise, it depends. Like, I think at once when I was on Redline, I signed like a one year deal because we didn't agree for the second year. So I was like, okay, I'll just do a one year and then we'll renegotiate. Other than that, with Redline, I had two. Um, yeah. And with Answer and S Squared, I had more of a long term deal because we have had a great relationship and still do. Um, and moving forward. So it depends, like, on the situation. Um, yeah. I, I, but it would kind of, yeah. de- like, I guess we maybe don't say specific numbers, but like, if, for instance, if you're a guy who's going to win the title or has won a title or in that kind of caliber. And there's only probably two guys that two, three guys there, they would make a certain amount. And the next level would be like kind of a podium guy consistently. And then, um, beneath that is kind of like, um, guy who might make the main or not. Those are probably the three different levels people get paid at. Um, Do you think there's still, I think we've talked about this on shows, but other amateurs getting more money than the pros. Oh, probably, probably some. Yeah. yeah. Like a top amateur would probably, <laughs> probably make the same as like a, I don't know, like an average pro who might not make many mains. I don't know. I can see that. Yeah. I would think so. The other um, thing I think of though is like, what are these pros doing in return for what they're getting from the sponsors? Like you got it. Like I've, I've tried to put that into consideration dealing with different companies myself. Yeah. Like what can I, what can I do for them that makes me deserving of any support they give me? So either you have to kill it like win everything. Or if you're not, you have to obviously do all the races and that's a big part of it, but be personal with people. Maybe do camps, show value in other ways, be really active and engaging on social media and just be an overall really good ambassador for the brand. And I think you're like, you're yourself, Tori, you're a good example of that. Like you're you're not even (laughs) racing right now, but like look at all the companies you're working with and like the movement you're trying to make. Like it's, I think it's pretty sick to see. Yeah. Thanks bro. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, I think there's a lot of different ways you can, um, We've talked about in other shows, James, but there's a lot of different ways you can be valuable to brands. A lot of people think it's just results, and that is a big part of it for sure because that's kids like and people like to see guys going fast and guys doing well, but you also have to be a nice guy or a nice girl, nice person, um, promote the brand well, and um, do your best to promote them because at the end of the day, you're paid to sell bikes or gear, whatever you're representing. I always have a good laugh when mm-hmm. I see Derek Betcher's post about all the messages he gets. Oh, he gets People. some savage. Oh we God. talked to him. About, we should do a segment where he reads them off. But he just tells the story. Yeah. <laughs> might be a bit savage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, another one from Hannah Davis or Haza Davis. Sorry. Fads, at f- any fads in BMX racing that haven't lasted? Oh, yeah. Like what? Shorts and knee pads. That's for yeah, sure. That, that's the one I wrote. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. when I was in junior at the Worlds in Australia, I wore Oakley shorts with a belt and like tiny little knee pads. Oh, skins. Skins was a fad. 
in like 2009-10, let me tell you, everybody wore skins. It was the cool thing. Everyone would wear skins with shorts around the pits, and I feel like no one really does anymore. Dude, you wear skins with shorts, and then you'd have those floppy like knee pads on that were hanging off that wouldn't do shit if you crashed because they would just slide around your leg. <laughs> yep, that was Marius made him famous at the Yo Show. Is that when it started? Yep, and everyone was like, yeah. skins. <laughs> um yeah that was definitely a fad that did not last i'm a victim of the shorts and chin bag oh yeah i was too big time um all right let's be real though it is pretty it's pretty nice in some hot weather it is but it looks ridiculous yeah um all right james let's open our instagram here we got some quick shots we'll enter some quick shots because carlos is being a little testy isn't he oh we lost james he's done bye james Hi, James. All right. I got quick shots here. Let's you wrote no. James, are you there? This is a hell of a show we got going right here. See James, I, James isn't there. We got dead air all over the place. Instagram isn't loading. <laughs> what? Are you there? No, he's not alive. I, I'm here in case you're curious. Yeah. yeah. Alex is there. Alex, whip up the coffee chat or Instagram and see what we got. All right. This is great radio. People are probably turning off the podcast right about now. And you can't even really blame them because it's, um, James, can you hear us? He just texted me. Um, yeah, James? I can hear you guys. Oh, he's back. There he is. Okay. Right. He's texting me. Yes. <laughs> All right, we, got, we got some quick shots. Um, uh, da, 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 da. James tells From you to discuss Jay Leland. Do you think it's important for kids to participate in multiple sports and activities, Alex? Oh, hundred percent. I've like well, my brother, even at his age, he is now he's, doing basketball he's playing like well he's dealing with an injury to his ankle foot so he's not doing a ton at the moment yet but he would honestly like give james and i a run for our money in training and then go off to basketball practice after or have soccer or whatever and i think yeah. it's it's huge we do an individual sport i think belonging to a team is huge and teaches you a lot so i i definitely support seeing other bmx racers do other sports i mean you played what hockey yeah, I played hockey till I was 17 or 18. And lacrosse. 18, yeah. Played lacrosse till I was 16, hockey till I was 18. I think it's good to play other sports. Makes you a well-rounded athlete. If you went back, would you play hockey longer? No, I think it was the right time. It was the right yeah, time. Yeah, I played till I was 18, then focused on BMX. I think that was the right time. Yeah. Um, should Supercross rounds be one day or two day events, Alex? Oh, 100% one day. Oh, thank you. We taught, yeah. <laughs> Wait, where is it? Do I get a round of applause? Yeah, where is it? <laughs> my favorite one was rock hill 2016 that was the one time i made it at a motos before they got rid of it and all. you beat maris first round you, <laughs> you, you beat maris I brought, first I brought round. the driver out on the first round. yeah you did that was sick oh that that i think it's just so cool rolling up like well there's the quality day and then the race day right yeah rolling up on race day and like being in the show it felt felt badass yeah no it's really cool um well james we don't really have any other quick shots hey we got there's a bunch of stuff here. Okay. See, if, if I, I had to say it's not up. really great ones, but go for it. Mike Turner. Okay, just break or V break. What do you think? I'm all about the V break because of the feel. Um, I can't. I don't really like the feel of a, a disc brake on a BMX bike, but I don't know. Alex runs a disc brake. What do you? Uh, what do you disc think? Disc brake, dude. I don't know. Brakes are brake. Same shit. Slowing you down, anyways. Yeah. Right? Okay, you, okay. And anything we talk about with like bike stuff, Tori can't really you know say much. <laughs> he just rides what he got. You ride what you got. Who focus on going fast? Yeah, 
You can't see your brake when you're, I mean. No, a brake's a brake. Yeah. Focus on going fast. There you go. I've found the disc brakes right, easy to from, work uh, with. What about from D-Bittner? Uh, he thought, says the lack of pros chasing the USA BMX title. Well, lack of prize money for one. Two, a lot of them don't have sponsors paying, so they don't, can't afford to go. Um, um, three, most pros these days just want to focus on World Cups and the Olympics. Fuck, I just summed it up what right about, there. Yeah, that was <laughs> pretty quick. <laughs> what about four, that, uh, the two guys that are going for the title, the three guys are a little bit on a different level than the other guys going for it? Uh, they got paid more, probably get paid to go to the races, and they're up for the title, so that's monetary uh, compensation's big. Um, so it makes sense for them. Yeah. It makes sense for a, a group yeah. of riders that gets their expenses paid, gets money with bonuses, gets paid. Well, it makes, it makes sense for them, but like for the vast majority, I guess from that standpoint, it probably doesn't. Fair. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, I'm speaking some yeah. wisdom today. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, you're just laying in Ontario. All right. Here's another one. Sorry. Mitchie 38. What do you think of the tracks for in Australia for the world cup? I haven't looked at him. Haven't seen him. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll comment then. All right. What the hell is Bathurst? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. I have seen him. I have seen that. <laughs> it, it, I got to, I'm going to be honest. Um, it doesn't look good, James. No, no, it doesn't. Who, who in their rightful mind makes a table roller for the last straight of the world cup track? Are you shitting me? I'm going to, it doesn't, it doesn't look like a legitimate supercross track in my opinion. I haven't been there or no. wrote it, but in my opinion, the hill doesn't even look like a supercross hill, really. I, I think they should do the World Cup in Brisbane instead of. Bath. I agree. Yeah, I, that track is yeah, gnarly. That, and that track's sick. Yeah, but the other one doesn't. Yeah. Honestly, it doesn't really look like a legit supercross track. The hill doesn't look legit supercross. It doesn't look that tech. I could be wrong, but that's kind of what it looks like from videos. Yeah, I completely agree. I can't believe it. Come on, like it's, a, it's not even a straightaway. Yeah, I think it's a it's a little bit disappointing to have it have that for the Olympic year, but you know. The racing will still be good there for sure. Um, but yeah, like a, my opinion wise on tracks, I'd like to see the more technical and that one doesn't look like that to be honest. So we'll see. Does it still yeah, have like yeah. five turns or something? Like I don't know. The, the good thing is that it's long and it looks like you can pass a lot of places. So I think the racing will be good. It looks high speed too. Yeah. Just, it doesn't look really super crossy, I think, but yeah. Yeah. Some of the jumps look a little bit weird. It doesn't look like there's anything wrong with it. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. look bad. It just doesn't look. Like... Me, I don't think you saw that triple into the second turn then. Okay. Yeah, maybe like not. Pump, pump, pump. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll stand corrected. <laughs> it's hard to call it like, um, good or bad. It's just different yeah, from what we race that's on. True, normally. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, this one's from Gems 404. So maybe discuss some frames, not specific brands, but carbon versus alloy, promo, pros and cons and I'm even gonna throw in sizes. Um first of all, carbon versus alloy or chromo. What are you guys' feelings or thoughts towards that? So I was obviously on Redline when they had carbon. I wrote it for years and really liked it. And then when I went to S squared, in the back of my head I was like a little bit concerned just because I've been on carbon for a while, wondering if I noticed a difference. And honestly getting the S squared, the their bikes are so stiff. Um obviously S squared's aluminum. Um but their bike is so stiff. I literally didn't notice a difference going from the carbon to the S squared aluminum. And I think it got voted before stiffest frame S squared. So I think that's important for bigger guys like myself, especially. And most BMXers put out such high power. You need a stiff frame. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I think they make aluminum frames so good now that there's not necessarily a huge difference. James, have you ridden a carbon bike? I never have yet. No. 
when you when you case something you feel it oh <laughs> really? yeah like the first when Not i first like hopped on the one first place like. yeah yeah when i first hopped on one i did like a little case at chula and i was like jesus christ did i just like bend my bars or something <laughs> that's like one of the main things i notice as you feel yeah. cases more but i've never ridden one myself I, uh, and so I'm, I'm pretty biased yeah yeah he's mr yes man over there <laughs> all aluminum only yeah anyway. i was going to say um i had somebody a rider you know messaged me they were i think they were actually thinking about joining the claiborne team and they ended up signing and joining the team um but he was asking about the frame and he has stiffness as well and it's funny you made like i made myself think a little bit like i don't think i'm one to notice a bike being stiffer stiffer compared to another bike but what i notice most is the geometry of frames and i think i'm pretty picky with when it comes to some details um so uh, the geometry is the one thing I actually feel like I notice a difference in. I can feel a difference, um, even if it's not the way we ride, it's just the way how it feels when, you, when you're riding. Um, but I never really noticed stiffness. I got a geometry question for you, James. Long back uh, end or short on. back end? Short back end for fun, long back end for racing. Yeah, because short back end, you, you get, you're just going to pop the clutch all day. <laughs> But you can't. I can't switch back and forth, like because I only. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a racer. My back end's always as long as I can get it. Basically, I should have slammed mine now. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't the somebody ask guy, that? Like, They're like, yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. It's on there. Do you have it? Mm, where is it? It's I don't know where it is. There's a coffee chatter fan page. Maybe on the comment section. I think they yeah, might have been there. I think they asked. Coffee Chatter fan page. So in the show with G Raf, Terry said he would have his bike set up completely different if he wouldn't race and just have fun. Have you now done that or is your bike still set up for racing? It's still set up just because I haven't even thought about that, to be honest. It's still set up the same way, but maybe now I'll just get some ape hangers on it and just slam the back end. Bunch <laughs> of spacers under the stem. Yeah, and put, put like six spacers underneath the stem. Of course, you're still going to have the textbook 4416 on. Like, what do I have? No, I got like a, oh, I got a 46.817 on right now. <laughs> Man, I ran the 49 most of the year just in honor of the 49 bike. Yeah, I ran actually the last two years. I, ra- I raced a 49 18. Good gear. Good gear. Yeah, it's good big, gear. Big Tioga on the back. You're good to go. Yeah, it's good gear. It's good gear. Um, now they I, think, I think I'm going back to the 44 16. 44 16? Yeah, I'm going back to the 44 16. Keep it stock? Yeah, I think I'm just going to keep it stock. My gear has been too small. I want it a little bigger. I don't want to ride a 49, 18 or whatever. So I'm just going to go 44, 16. Get a fresh, as it gets. We'll get a fresh set of answer cars on there. It'll be sick. Dude, I'll be shredding. I know, I know, I know. Get, get those new ner- answer BMX nearly grips. I mean, you know, 40, it'll be great. 49, 18 with some answer cars. That's the setup. That's, that's the way to go? That is the setup. You heard it here first, folks. 49, 18. 49, 18. That was legit gear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's, the, it's the sweet spot for sure it is any more quick shots james i think that's it i mean no i think that's pretty much it we got here we got a few randos but um nothing really relevant i'm a little bit disappointed that uh carlos didn't come on must have a date show up or something I, I mean i could go get him but like i said i think he's a little occupied occupied what's he doing whoa what's he doing he's got a honey up there or what <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's hanging out with a friend. Oh, okay. Um, dude, you see that Colombian beatmaster <laughs> that came out with the song "Mamacita"? Dude, it's really good. No, 
Let me play it. Uh, it's Colombian BMX there. His name's Santiago, and his nickname's Saga. He's cool. I'll play it right here. Saga. That's right, eh? It's called Mamacita. Look it up. I saw the, all the Colombian people posting about it. Wait for it. It's good. I'm waiting for it. We're, everybody's waiting for it right now. We're still waiting for it. Just takes you right to the streets of Colombia. <laughs> anybody hear this? I know I can't. You couldn't hear it? <laughs> I couldn't hear it. Oh, we were listening to it over yeah. here. Yeah, you couldn't hear it. Wow. Maybe the people on the podcast can't hear it either. That would be cool. Hmm. Um. Well, shit. That was fun. Thanks for coming in studio, Alex. Hey, thanks for having me. Man. Fist bump. I'm, no one I'm, can see I'm that, but we fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was fun. Thanks for coming <laughs> in. Yeah, appreciate it's good it. Good to catch up. We'll have to have you in studio to co-host another one. Well, be in good times will be had. James, thanks for our James. Thanks for being our Colombian correspondent. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your right. trip and get home safe. Happy to do it. Just a public service announcement to anybody <laughs> in the world tomorrow. Um, if you feel a rumbling beneath your feet, don't be alarmed. It's just me lifting Carlos's house because I'm going to be going ham in the gym. Okay. Just relax. Speaking of which, so his gym's on the second floor of his house with full on bumper plates. And I was just in there one day. I was like, Carlos Cape, I have to do cleans today. Is it okay if I drop it? And he's like, yeah, hey, yeah, cool. No worries. I was like, no, 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 man. Um, I'm going to be doing like heavy cleans today. Like, <laughs> is it okay if I drop it? He's like, yeah, no, it's cool. And I was like, okay. I was in his house by myself on the second floor. The housekeepers are like making the beds next door. I'm just cleaning three pies and just dropping it. And it's like, boom. <laughs> Shaking the whole house. Oh, the good old days. Oh, yeah. Good times. Glad I don't have to do that shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're just lying. You're, we know you're going to squat heavy tomorrow morning. Oh, hell no. <laughs> All right, boys. That was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. No worries. No worries. Thanks for coming on, Alex. Appreciate it. That was great. All right. See you later, bro. <laughs>